person at his local church getting a hold of a little book, doing a course thing, and thinking outside the square. Now today, um, we're particularly going to focus on God's invitation to us to experience him. And, and what that means to jump on board to experience him. That warden received an invitation from God. It was, it was a big invitation. Give that book to that guy. The warden jumped on board and it just went like wildfire. It just went like wildfire. And then you can sort of ask yourself, yep, yeah, that's a cool experience and whatever else. You can sort of see where, where God came into it. But how do we know, how do we know that we're experiencing God? How do we know that it is God's invitation that is coming to us? A Bible. I'm going to start with that. We have this book handed down from generation to generation, originally written in Hebrew, Greek, and all the other ones, Aramaic and all that kind of stuff. We've got multiple thousands of translations that you can get it in now, and it sits on our shelves. Most of us have access to it. And a lot of the time, we struggle to open it. But within this book... Within this book, we are given many opportunities to be able to experience God just with the words from that book. The closer that you get into that book, the closer you become to God, the closer that you can experience an experience with God. And this book gives you the instructions on how to recognize when God is communicating with you, when God's communicating with me, when God's wanting to say something to you. This book gives us a clue into how to recognise that. Just on a side note, if, if, you, if it's your first time here or whatever else and you haven't got access to one of these, come and have a chat to one of us. We might be able to hook you up with something. There's thousands of ways to get it. You can go online, get apps and all that kind of bizzo. Recommended. But yeah, if you, if you would like a Bible, come and see Neil or any of us. Just tap us on the shoulder, we'll, we'll sort you out. But God invites us to join in. And this is one of the ways that he does it, through the Bible. God invites us. He wants us to be a part of his plans. He wants to join in with us. We get this, we get this concept that God... God has all these plans, and we're just, we're just a pawn in the game of life. Uh, God wants to join in with us. He invites us to do it with him. You see, when he created the world, he didn't just create the world and go, yep, that's good, and then go off and do something else. He created the world, and he says in Genesis, he says he walked with man. He wanted to be there with man. He wanted to experience a relationship with man. Two weeks ago, I started talking about Moses. Two weeks ago, I started talking about Moses. And in Exodus, we catch a glimpse of, of, of Moses. It's not on the screen. I'll just give you the quick wrap-up of it. And the people of Israel were in Egypt. And I, I told you the story about the burning bush and, and 
God told Moses to go and get the Israelites out of Egypt. Well, just before that happened, in Exodus chapter 2, we find God watching over his people. And it says that he heard their cry. He heard their cry and he felt disturbed or, or he felt the need to do something about it. See, when sin entered the world, just before sin entered the world, sorry, God was walking with men. As soon as sin entered the world, he had to go. He had to leave. But he's still watching over us, still listening to us, still listening to what's going on. And he's still here today, still watching over, still listening, still wanting to spend time with us. Still wanting to spend time with us. And it's evident in here. It's evident in the Bible. He sets aside a special day for us to come and be a part of something with him. He sets aside a day that we can set aside every week to experience him. I don't know about you guys, I walking around today chatting with people in the worship service and whatever else, I know he's here. He's He's here and he wants to experience every week. He knows that we're going to get busy. He knows that, that our timetables are full. He knows that we've got emails in our pockets going off. He knows we've got text messages coming in at 3 o'clock in the morning. He knows all these different things and yet he still goes, well, I know you're going to get busy. You're probably going to forget about me. But I want to set aside this day. This day for you and for me. This day that we can share in an experience t together. Excuse me. In Isaiah, in the book in the Old Testament, you've got all these prophets and stuff. Isaiah is one of these big prophets. Isaiah is one of these big prophets. And in chapter 58, 13 and 14, he basically says that he created this day that we can delight in the Lord. How cool is that? We can delight in in the Lord. That just means we can hang out, we can chill, we can experience God every week and he's created the day for it. It tells us in that book. It tells us in the book. Not only is God constantly watching over us, but he's constantly moving and, and, and acting around us. He is pursuing the lives of people around us. Actively pursuing the lives around us. He, he's not this, this God that just says, you must worship me. No. He's constantly there going, tapping you on the shoulder. Tapping you on the shoulder. Just giving you a little, little nudge on the back. He just gives us the slightest little touches along the way. And, and quite often, quite often, we don't even notice it. Quite often we're separated enough from him that we don't even notice what's going on. And, and we're provided with countless opportunities of what, what is happening. And we just can't see it. We've lost connection. But... But, this is a cool title, ready? 
God pursues us with continuing love. I don't, I don't know, that sounds very romantic coming from me, but God pursues a continuing love. And it's shown in multiple verses. I'm just going to rattle some off just, just so we can get a concept of what I'm trying to say here. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. At the very beginning of that, at that verse, we have God so loved the world. All right, he loves us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. He has pursued us. He has done something to or for us for us to experience his love. He is continually showing us his love every time that we do something wrong and acknowledge it. Every time that we do something wrong and say, oh, I'm sorry. He continues to show us his love. There's another one in Romans 5 verse 8 that says, while we were still wrongdoers, while we were still who we are, while you're still Simo, while you're still whoever, Christ died for you. Christ died for you. There's nothing else about it. That is the ultimate, ultimate um, picture of love. He who lays down his life for us, or for a friend, is the ultimate picture of love. It's not just a personal love, it's a practical love. And that's where the whole experience thing comes in. When I was, when I was growing up, I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Eight Mile Plains, um, south side. Um, I've now moved to the north side. Yeah, thanks. And um, growing up all through my life, I, I was one of these people that said, Oh, I've grown up in, as a Seventh-day Adventist. I've, I've gone to a Seventh-day Adventist church. I've, I've um, gone to a Seventh-day Adventist school, BAC, which isn't all that bad. Just slipping it in there. Hey, Bondi and, and Beck. Yeah. It's not all that bad, BAC, just saying. It produces some pretty cool people. Um, where was it going? Oh, yeah. As I was going up through an Adventist, I was one of these kids that said I'd never go to Avondale College. Avondale College is our, our Adventist college down south um, in Coorinbong. Everyone looks at you going, where's Coorinbong? Well, it's near Newcastle. That's all I'm going to give you. And um, I was one of these kids that did that. And as soon as I finished school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and I started doing a, a program in sport development. So coaching, training, all that kind of stuff. I did that for 12 months, and then I managed to bust up my shoulder pretty bad and couldn't continue doing that. Couldn't continue doing that. And then I thought, well, I've always had an interest in, in multimedia, video, sound, website, graphic design, all that kind of business. So I went and did that. Finished that, no worries. Um, did all right in that, and then I started up my own business. I started up my own business doing websites and, and video work, a lot of video work, and, and graphic design, and, and I was doing all right. I was doing all right. And then little things started to happen. Little things started to happen. I got back into summer camps, and, and we went for about, well, I don't know, 10 years, well, not quite 10 years, probably about eight years straight with doing every summer camp that we possibly could. And, and little nudges along the way just sort of started leading me back to, to 
you need to go to, you don't need to go to college, but you need to do something in the church. And so I, all the, through that time, I remained in Pathfinders and I told about an experience that I had in Pathfinders last time. And all through this time, God's just given me little nudges with random people that I'd meet. Random people that I'd run into saying, you need to go do that. You're quite, you, you, you seem to be able to do that. You need to go and get a degree in something other than what you're in. And so I said, nah, you're joking. I'm, I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. Summer camps, we made um, movie making, we made little videos. Kids loved it. We loved it. Everyone loved it. It, it was awesome. And, and Pathfinders, we'd run around and have all this fun and whatever else. And, and while I was doing that, I was still having fun producing videos for companies in, in Brisbane. And all along this time, whoever I came and met with, you need to go be a teacher. You need to go get your teaching degree. You need to go do ministry. I got a phone call, 2007, January. I got a phone call from Jack Ryan, principal at BAC. I got a phone call from Jack Ryan saying... We've, our chaplain has just left the building. He has been um, taken up into South New South Wales as a youth director. Our chaplaincy position here is, vo- um, there's no one at the moment. There's just Bruce Myers, who's a half-time chaplain. Can you come and do it? And I thought, sure. I'll have a go. I'm a big believer in have a crack at something. And then if you fail, you know get up and have another go but I got the phone call from Jack and then I said yep and I rocked up on the first day and from then on it was history I was hooked from then on I I loved working with young people I loved doing all that kind of stuff and at no point along that journey in in the two years at BAC until the last six months when I had our our church ministerial guy come and see me and say you need to go do a theology degree had I thought that I'm going to end up being a pastor minister teacher person I just thought I'm helping them out I'm going to I'm going to be here I'm going to have fun with the kids I'm going to show them that Jesus is fun not just rules and and then I'm going to get out and get back into doing my media stuff the funny thing happened funny thing happened George Munoz came and saw me. It was back when he was ministerial. George Munoz, our leader in South Queensland of the Adventist Church, CEO or whatever they CEO, something like that. And um, he rocked up and said, you need to go down to college. And at that point in time, he said, I'd sponsor you to do theology. And that's big, coming from George. And I turned around and I said to him, I'll think about it. And then we went on and continued on through school. He came back about two months later and said, you need to go to, theolo- you need to, go to Avondale and do theology. I will sponsor you. And I went, he's, he's pretty adamant about this. And so I turned around, did some research about it, looked at all the local unis. There's a university on the south side called CHC. It offers the same course as what is at college because college sends them up the, the deal for it. And um, I said, oh, I can go there. And then I got uh, started sort of in a relationship with Courtney and she just sort of happened to be down at Avondale. 
And then sort of doing these, these ones, you know what you do, your, your relationship, and then, well, she's down there, and they're going to pay for me to go down there. Sounds all right. So, so I said, yep, I'll go to college. However, in, in starting that relationship with Courtney, um, Murray and I started hanging out a lot more, and Murray and I started talking, and he convinced me to go down and do teaching. And so I said to George, I'm going to Avondale, George. And he was all excited. Good, all right, you need to come and fill out all this paperwork. And I said, but I'm doing teaching. So I went down and did teaching, majored in, in um, religion and minored in graphics and stuff. And um, we hung out a few times in a few classes and stuff. And Joel was there in our theology classes and all the theologians were there too. And um, we... When I was at college, I always thought I'd come out and be a teacher because I wasn't a minister, I wouldn't get picked up at a school. Come, fast forward, graduating, um, had job interviews, and I get a phone call from Tony Kent. Simo, um, half-time chaplain, half-time teacher, North Pine, interested? And I went, yep, yeah, interested. What do you, you know, well, sure, no worries. So we accepted the call. Courtney then got a job here as well. That was good. And then I rocked up on the later in that year and sat down with Graham. And Graham says, well, actually, we want you as full-time chaplain and then we'll sort the teaching stuff out later. And that's where we are today. I'm, I'm back to teaching full-time, not full-time chaplain, teaching chaplain, whatever. But that's where it is. That's how I've got here. And at no point through my life, during my experiences that I've felt, at no point did I actually acknowledge that I was experiencing God leading me in those times. At no point whatsoever did I say, God, oh, there was lots of prayer about where I was going, but at no point did I feel God going, you need to go to Avondale now. But now, as I'm... I'm working with all these cool young people that put on breakfast this morning. I'm working with all these cool young people that did music for us a couple of weeks ago. I'm working with all these guys and I'm looking back on my life going, wow, God has pointed me in these so many different directions at the right time. But I purposefully and, and I, I tried to stay away from what he wanted me to do. But it wasn't until now that I look back and notice that I experienced God all the way through that moment. That I experienced God all the way through that moment. We're going to quickly look at the rich young ruler, and it's going to be on the screen. And the rich young ruler is an interesting story. And it says this, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answers. No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not, be, uh, shall not defraud, honour your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have uh, kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man, man's face fell. He went away sad 
because he had great wealth. We'll pause it there. Thanks, Neil. This guy, this guy, and it says it there, he had a great wealth. Great wealth. He was rich. He, he was the rich young ruler. That was his title in the Bible. Voiceover man, kill him. The rich young ruler came to Jesus, fell on his knees and said, what must I do to get into heaven? The man's face fell and he went away sad because Jesus told him, give everything away and come follow me. The guy, the guy had spent his life doing all this work to create all this stuff, to have the jet skis, to have the house, to have the Hummer, to have, to have the Lamborghini, to have, I don't know, music videos being filmed in his, in his swimming pool. All of that. He worked so hard to get where he was, but he had not experienced God up until this point. Yes, he says that... And Jesus replied to him and listed the commandments. And the guy says, yes, I've done all those things. I am a good person. I had to be a good person to make it where I am. But Jesus then says, you need to experience me. You need to give all that up and experience me. You need to have a relationship with me. You need to experience my continuing pursuit of love. And the rich young ruler fell on his face and went away sad. You see, he was extremely rich, but he was spiritually poor. He was, he was, his ex God experience was extremely poor. So much so that his heart broke and he walked away, knowing that he didn't want to give up what he had built. Notice the, the language, uh, can, we, can we go back a slide please, Neil? Notice the invitation at the end. It's one word there, but it's actually two. It says, come follow me. Come experience me. And, and I try and slip it in most of my sermons, but at Refresh, our vision is growing the followers of Christ growing those that experience Christ. And I think, I think this fits in really well. And that statement there, thanks Neil for fixing that up, that statement there says that he wants to lead us away from our self-centred lives and, and fill us up with a God experience, God at the centre, a God-centred life. In the Bible, we've got stories of, of a shepherd boy that takes down lions and bears and eventually a giant then becomes king of the greatest nation on the earth. We've got, we've got stories of, of a group of people that just yell and walls of a city come down, the most powerful city in the world. We've got stories of a man being thrown into a, a pit with lions in it and surviving. We've got stories... Countless stories in the, in the New and Old Testament. Um, you got the disciples healing a lame man, ordinary men doing extraordinary things th through the experience of God. And all of them received the, the question, follow me, or the statement, follow me. All of them experienced the, the, 
don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you've got. Follow me. He invites us to join him in his story. Um, Neil and I spent a bit of time researching this week um, to help a couple of fellas out with some um, speeches. And um, as, we were, as we were doing that, we came across a quote that we sort of ripped off. I know I claimed it, Bondi, but I did reword it. Um, it said in Year 12, Jordan, this, this is particularly for you. As you go away from this place, as you leave this place, you have a choice to make. You can either go on someone else's script, be a part of someone else's drama, join in on the stage with someone else's experience, or, and this is the kicker, God invites us to join him and be a part of his story. He invites us to experience life with him together, side by side. He invites us to experience him. Let's pray. Father God, um, I don't know where to begin. We thank you for how awesome you are. Um, you've, you've, you've taken this church from the humble beginnings back in 430 days to, to what it is today about people on fire and, and, and on a journey with, with you. And Lord, I just pray that every head bowed in, in, in this room and the other rooms around the campus, that um, each one of us can experience you in some way this week and that we can provide a glimpse of you to everyone we come in contact with. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we can't wait to see you. In your name, amen. Thanks, thanks Simo. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, hope you had a fantastic Saturday morning, Sabbath morning here at Refresh. I am very, very genuine when I say I'd love to see you here again. Um, so you're most welcome to come back next week. We're going to continue our series on experiencing God. Um, we're going to take a little bit, little bit further. Feel free to put it into practice, just saying. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a, a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy. <laughs>